Hello and welcome to this edition of the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and uh, NHS Somerset Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Andrew Trasedda, also GP and working for NHS Somerset. We're delighted today to be joined as well by Nigel Bell uh, for our session ARC at Egwood. So, Nigel, welcome. And please tell us a bit about ARC and where Egwood is and, and, and what you do. Thank you very much. So, ARC at Egwood is on the outskirts of Marriott. Um, and essentially, it's a safe outdoor environment for people of all ages in varying needs to just come slow things down, connect with themselves, connect with others and improve their overall well-being. Um, I got into ARC, um, a bit of a convoluted journey, but I left, joined the Royal Navy in 1986, just just gone 16, served for 28 years. The last 15 years of the Navy were in the Royal Navy Social Work Department. I left as a qualified social worker and then started working in the private fostering arena. Um, but what got me into setting up the project of ARC was in 2015, I was lucky enough to do a fellowship with the School of Social Entrepreneurs at Dartington. And what that did, it gave me a real understanding of the voluntary sector, uh, how things could be set up, how things could work and the options of applying for grant funding, et cetera. So I decided uh, in 2018 to put all the skills and knowledge I'd learned to these different environments into one place just to see if I could actually make some difference and do something um, that would make a big difference within Somerset. Thank you. You mentioned Somerset and Marriott. So for those of our listeners who aren't in Somerset, um, Marriott's in deepest, darkest Somerset? Yes, it is a very rural location on the outskirts of Crookern. Uh, lo lovely nature around us, lovely countryside, um, and great for getting people outside. So who can come to this wonderful sounding place? What what sort of people are you encouraging to come and join you? And what sort of activities will they will they do when they get there? Absolutely anybody, Peter. The youngest person we have coming is uh, age five. The oldest is 88. And we just mix everybody up into one environment. So we support people with learning disability, autism, varying degrees of mental health, people that are socially isolated, people lacking in confidence. Uh, and we provide nature, we've got animals, we've got goats, lambs, guinea pigs and therapy pigs. We've got a horticulture area where we grow vegetable, fruits and flowers. We've got a woodcraft and woodland area. We do rural arts and crafts. Uh, but I suppose the biggest socially connecting ac activity we do day to day is help getting people to help cook for others. So every day we, we provide lunch for up to about between 20 and 40 people. I love the sound of a therapy pig. What does a therapy pig do? I know Winston Churchill was a fan of pigs, wasn't he? Um, the reason we refer to them as therapy pigs, because if you go into their pen and start scratching their heads, they soon drop to the floor and get their bellies out and they like their bellies rubbed. And as many a person comes to work that just sits there for a very long time, just scratching a pig's belly while they give off a low level grunt. And it's really great for kind of connecting people with animals and nature. How interesting. And um, bringing in some science here, there's something called cardiac coherence and the heart has a magnetic field that um, projects several feet, several metres even beyond us. And when, when we connect with another person um, and our hearts are in sync, as it were, then we're 
we're on the same wavelength, we're in tune and things go well. And perhaps that's what's happening with a, a therapy pig. We're sort of calming and entraining to that that um, calm that the, the pig is feeling and it's helping us. Yeah, I'd say that probably definitely is because all the animals we have on site are very good with people. And they but they can pick up whether somebody's really anxious and nervous quite quickly or whether somebody is calm and relaxed. Interesting. And that having picked up on it, do they then become the tuning fork, as it were, for help helping helping people become calmer, or do they become anxious and nervous as a result? Uh, they they seem to soon bring people down onto the level that they're at. Uh, which which is quite amazing. And certainly some of the people that have been really anxious and nervous that have spent time with them soon come down to a level where they're calm and relaxed and comfortable in their environment. Can I ask about accessibility? So um, is it suitable for people with disabilities? Can people get transport to get there? Does it cost people money? I mean, I'm just trying to think about access and make it as accessible as possible to everyone. Yeah, in, in regards to access, we, we haven't got the greatest public uh, transport ability to Marriott from other places, it, it can be quite difficult to get there in a timely fashion. The site itself, we have a disabled wheelchair accessible toilet, just soon to bring on another toilet facility. We've got wheelchair accessible pathways on the site, uh, soon hoping to bring some more in to that will reach around the back of the site where we've just sited the shipping container classrooms and things. Um, in regards to the money, it, it all depends what people are wanting from ARC. Some people do come to ARC using their personal independence payments uh, that they receive to pay for support services. Schools use some funding to send young people through us. Um, but majority of people, a lot of people that come to us, we use grant funding uh, that we get from Open Mental Health and other organisations to support people that haven't got any funding attached that can't afford to come but require uh, an outdoor service. That's fantastic. And I'm. you mentioned open mental health. For people who aren't familiar with that, this is a, a system that we've had in Somerset for three or four years now. We're one of the trailblazer uh, CCGs, as was, uh, to create this. And the one of the ideas behind it is that you don't turn anyone away if they've got a mental health problem, uh, unlike some areas. And also that we use uh, the voluntary sector as an equal partner in helping people so it's not just about drugs medication psychiatrists it's about the sort of interventions that that you're demonstrating so well nigel how, how does that cooperation work for you um it, it works really well because what in, in the early days of setting up arc we could get lots of people coming to us that wanted to come to arc to volunteer because they didn't have any money attached and they wanted to come and help Yet quite a lot of these people were people that, that did need some level of support and couldn't necessarily support others. Um, if we'd taken everybody like that without any funding, I think we would have gone bust quite quickly because we've had lots of people here, but we wouldn't have had any money to, to run what we need to run. So we set up a theme, uh, a scheme we call therapeutic volunteering. So people that are referred to ARC with varying degrees of mental ill health or mental well-being uh, can come to ARC as a therapeutic volunteer. So they then come here on the front foot so they're coming to give to help uh, we can use the grant fund we get to get them in quite quickly so we don't have any kind of long waiting lists um, and then after a period of time the people that come on the therapeutic volunteer scheme soon get the confidence back soon can then support others then they become a volunteer and many have come through that system and gone back into employment into new employment volunteer other projects but it means we can give a very quick quick service i love that phrase therapeutic volunteer and we've we've done 
uh, podcast before, haven't we, Andrew, about the, the mental health benefits of volunteering. And, and so many people say that, that they find it helpful. So I think that's absolutely brilliant that you've formalized this. One, one of the five ways to well-being is giving. Uh, and it's just so important. And by giving back to others, it, there's a virtuous circle. Yeah. And on the, on the back of that, Andrew, within the five wells to well-being and giving, um, one thing we found very beneficial at ARC in getting people to do stuff is asking them to help us. So if you came to ARC, Andrew, you couldn't cook very well. If I said to you, Andrew, I'm going to teach you how to cook today, you then might get a bit nervous, anxious, be put on the back foot because actually Nigel's going to see that I can't cook very well. But if I said, Andrew, you couldn't help me in the kitchen today to do some cooking, could you? then the pressure's on Nigel because if it goes wrong, it's Nigel's fault. But Andrew does the same activity. He learns the same things he would have done if Nigel was teaching him, but he's actually giving. So he's helping to cook food for everybody else at Ark. And there's nothing better than you see 20 to 30 people sat around a table and everybody's saying, well, this is delicious. This is this is the best lasagna I've had in ages. You can see people just growing stature who helped with the cooking. And we do that with the gardening as well. Instead of saying, can you go in the gardening area today, you couldn't help me with the flowers today, you couldn't help me on the vegetable patch for a bit today, and people say, I don't mind helping you. But if I say to people, join a garden, well, I can't really garden, I'm not really interested. It's just flipping it on its head. Yes, so you've engaged people in some teamwork by the style of invitation that you use and yes. by some gentle and subtle leadership. Is that something you learnt in the Royal Navy social work uh, that you were doing? Uh, I, I'd say a big part of it, of the leadership skills and that I've learned over time came from the Royal Navy because at every level of promotion in the Royal Navy, you go on another leadership and management course and you soon learn by working with a variety of different people how to get the best out of your people and how you've got to change your management, management styles to adapt to situations and individuals because we're all, we're all a little bit different in some ways and some people kind of react differently to one way of talking to somebody than somebody else. That's a really clever idea, Nigel. Not one I've I've heard before, but something that we could use in our day to day life, isn't it? If we if we feel somebody would benefit from doing it, rather than suggesting to them that they go and do this activity, ask them for help. Uh, I I think that's a fan, fantastic way of putting things. It works with my wife and doing the dishes for me. Nigel, can you go and do the dishes? Well, I don't know. Nigel, will you help with the dishes? Of course, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And one of the other yeah. ways to well-being is connect. And what you're providing, it sounds like, at Ark at Edward is a phenomenal opportunity to connect um, with nature um, in many ways. And you've mentioned we've mentioned the therapy pigs, but could you describe the ground? So uh, if I were to arrive at your front gate or come up the road, what does it look like? Is it bare countryside, open hills, or is it trees, or is it little lanes, uh, is it small fields? Could you just it, give us yeah, a sort the, of a, a walk through it? Yeah, certainly. So, so when you first come through the gate, you, you start going up the track that takes you to the car park, and that is one kind of large open field. Um, and then when you go through the car park and start walking towards the main site area, you then go down the first bit of wheelchair accessible pathway, which takes you past all the animals. It takes you past the goats, the lambs and the pigs. So as you're having your journey down to the site to meet people, you've got an opportunity to take it slow, to look at the animals, to see what's going on at Ark and see what's around you. So you're already starting to connect with the outdoor environment and nature. 
And then when you get to the main site, that's where we've got the the kind of outdoor field kitchen, the log cabin, and some of the other infrastructure. And then if you carry on walking around with the wheelchair accessible pathway, it takes you to the grown area, and then it takes you into the woodland. Um, and the one thing about connecting is ARC's proven to be very beneficial for people that are really struggling to get outside, to connect with others, to leave the home, especially post-COVID. We see a lot of people that it's very good to for them to come to ARC and slow things down and connect with themselves first and then work out what they want to do next. So rather than try and throw people straight onto a course or straight into a program, actually, let's just find out who you are again first and what you'd like to do next. And give you an experience. There's a there's a medical diagnosis of agoraphobia, which is a fear of of open spaces, or literally the fear of the marketplace, but a fear of open spaces. And by helping people to be supported, it sounds as though you've got almost the ideal prescription to help people overcome that agoraphobia. Yeah, I think it works very well because we've got a very open space. So people never, if they feel a bit nervous or anxious, they've only got to walk 10 paces, then they're on their own again. They don't need to go too far. Um, and we do certainly see a very quick difference in people in a very short space of time. And you mentioned that it's open for everyone and uh, suitable for people with anxiety. I would have thought people with autism would also find a space like this useful. Is, is that a big part of your client group? Yeah, there is, there is a large percentage of the people that come to work are on the autistic spectrum or neurodivergent. Um, works really well. Again, I think because we've got the space, so if, if any of the things they're doing in a group is too big a group or it's too noisy, there's plenty of spaces to take yourself off, uh, have some quiet time, gather yourself, gather your thoughts, and then come back into the, into the throes of whatever you're doing. The other thing that works really well at ARC is that we strip away any expectation or kind of thing that you've got to do anything arc we tell people if you don't want to do anything just come and be it's better to come and be at arc than it is to sit at home on your own doing nothing um and by doing that we give people the choice and control back so people come to arc and they don't have to do anything and then it's their choice to do something so they soon want to do something because it's their choice and the controls back in their hand instead of me saying you've got to come every tuesday and every tuesday you've got to help us with this you've got to do that actually you don't have to do anything what would you like to do? We have a variety of different things on every day and they choose what they'd like to do and who they'd like to do it with. And, and that seems to make a big difference too. Do you have links with other organisations? If you, uh, when you've had that assessment, uh, you feel, well, maybe they would benefit from something a little bit different from what we're offering. Are you able to point people in, in different directions as well? Absolutely. We, uh, approximately 18 months ago, uh, we... Julie Matthews from the Watch Project, um, which is essentially mental health insights. We, we met up and realised that we've got a very similar ethos and very similar approach to work with people. Uh, at the end of last year, very successful in receiving three-year national lottery funding. So it's great to see the money coming back into Somerset from, from the people that play. And that project is called Pathways to Partnerships. So what we're in the process of doing is pulling in together other partners, organisations in Somerset, really finding out what each other does, um, sharing resources, sharing training. And what that means is that the people coming to ARCA, when they're ready for that what next, 
rather than the small team at Arc trying to find out all this other stuff they can do, we know the partners out there that are doing the great things and other things that these people need. So then we'll, we'll, we'll connect and pull people in to come to Arc, or they can go and see them at their place to help with a more of a holistic fix, really, because with my background in social work, I'm a firm believer that if somebody's got um, mental ill health, it's not just mental ill health. There's probably a myriad of other things that might need a little bit of help and support to, to improve on. Can I pick up on the social work? Because you mentioned earlier uh, that you were in the Royal Navy Social Work Department, which I wasn't aware even existed. So tell me a little bit about that, because obviously uh, being in the services, it brings its own stresses and strains. It, it does. The, each branch of the, the military has got its own welfare department that call different things. Um, and in, in the Royal Navy, it's where you change jobs within the Royal Navy. So you can transfer from one branch to another. But they also have civilians uh, within the Ministry of Defence working in the social work department as well. So I was fortunate enough to be trained up as a social worker and then spent my time in the Navy welfare department working with families, serving personnel. Um, it was a very generic role. One day we could be working with somebody with marital issues. Next day it could be mental ill health. Another day it could be um, working with the children. Um, a big part of it for myself was the 10-year campaign in Afghanistan, so supporting the people coming back uh, that were injured, etc., and the families that were kind of left behind, dealing with a lot of stuff. It was a very busy role, but I learned a lot from that uh, and it gave me a lot of the skills and confidence to take things forward post my naval career. That's really interesting because one of the questions I was going to ask is, do you have any veterans come along? Because th there are various organisations that help veterans that have had some pretty difficult experiences at times and and integrating that into your, your being and, and getting closure must be really difficult. Uh, it, it is, and we do. So two years ago, we got a, a year's bit of funding from the Armed Forces Covenant Trust Fund um, to socially engage with the Armed Forces community in our lo locality post-COVID. And within that, we supported serving families and um, veterans' families, uh, veterans themselves. Um, and what we've managed to do is try to keep on a Wednesday, we have a, a, a cohort of veterans that come up to work. Um, some of dropped off and moved on to the things. Uh, but what that's been very good at is having that peer support, um, that one-to-one -one recognition so that the veterans feel comfortable talking to other veterans. That's really interesting. Uh, peer support and, and, and being understood by somebody who gets it because they can relate means a lot. Can I just pick up something you were mentioning earlier? Um, you know, you, you asked people what they would like to do. So you're giving a huge amount of choice and autonomy and control Yet you're running an organisation that's got 30, 40 people there and different activities, some of which have to be done, some of which may be optional on a particular day. If, if you were running a business like that, you'd have spreadsheets and you'd be organising things. It sounds as though yours is sort of more, um, it, it works by serendipity. And, and how does that happen? Or is it a lot of footwork by yourself and a, a dedicated team of management that makes sure it all runs smoothly? Uh, the, the latter. <laughs> on, on the face of it, people come to work, it's like a community feel, everybody does nice things and there's very discreet structure. Behind the scenes, the, the staff are very busy at the planning, the ordering, they're booking things in, seeing what the weather's going to be like, who's coming up a certain week, what volunteers have we got. There is a, a lot of planning and a lot of time gets put into making sure that the face of it runs seamlessly and, and in a very relaxed face. 
I noticed that your logo is a swan. And we often give the analogy, don't we, of the swan gliding smoothly across the surface while paddling furiously underneath. So so maybe there's, there's a little bit more to, to your logo being a swan than just <laughs> it looking a pretty bird. Very, very, that's very true. And that's certainly like that some days. Although, you know, the swan is very calm. And uh, Nigel, you're giving us a, 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 a really fantastic picture of, of an oasis of calm, um, which helps our our body's engine management system flip from the stress alert action mode into the more peaceful being mode and it takes us from that sympathetic arousal down into that parasympathetic calm um and uh, an exercise we sometimes do i don't know if you do it at arc at edward is just invite everybody our listeners to put their feet flat on the floor and allow their spines to be comfortable not if you're driving please concentrate on the driving and just take three slow regular calming breaths using your abdominal muscles using your belly and just allow yourself to drop down into that calm and it sounds like an experience at Egwood gives you a whole day full of that yeah it it, it does seem to work very well one of the big successes that we found in the early days was uh, in partnership with Somerset Skills and Learning, we we put on six-week health and well-being workshops where every day for six weeks or so every Friday, we have a group of 12 people, the same 12 people for six weeks come. Most of them refer because they're anxious, nervous, social isolated, and they do a different activity each week. So one week it could be African drumming, then it'll be willow weaving, then it'll be felting, then it'll be something else. Uh, and every day they come, they take something home that they've made, that they've, they've achieved something. And the difference in the dynamics of the group by week three and then by week six is amazing. And it often makes me think in lines with other therapeutic interventions and stuff, what, what we seem to provide here is is very beneficial quite quickly because we're giving people that choice control and other things back so rather than one hour a week somewhere for six weeks they get five hours a week for six weeks and it just seems to make a huge difference and what do you get from arc are you able to to have that that therapeutic benefit from being in nature or are you too anxious about keeping the animals well and making sure they don't escape and doing the spreadsheets uh, I try to go through peaks and troughs. So, some weeks it's really, really busy when I've got some funding and other report deadlines coming. Or, But the flip side of that is if I have any days where I've spent too long at my desk or too many Zoom calls and meetings, I spend time at ARC and it, it gives me a reset. When I, when I walk down there different days and see different pockets of groups of different people and how people are progressing from when they first came, it just makes it all worthwhile. And on many levels, it, it Although it, it is a job and I need money to live and everything else, it it doesn't feel like it's work, if that makes sense. So having um, said how great it is, we better tell people how they can contact ARC and um, we'll obviously put it in the show notes. But can you give people some, some contact details, please, Nigel? Yes, certainly. So we have got the website. We've got a very active Facebook page, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, all the contact details are on them. I would encourage anybody that's curious to find out more about art to come and see it in action. It's a lot 
easy to put into context when you see it in action than it is to me to talk about it. There's there's many great things going on at ARC and many great things happen because of the people that come to ARC. So we're not precious on what we do there. We encourage people to engage in stuff and join in. But we can be contacted, email, telephone, a variety of ways. And the web address is ARK? Yep, A-R-K-A-T-E-G-W-O-O-D. And just in case anybody didn't realize what I should have said at the start is ARK, A-R-K, stands for Acts of Random Kindness. Oh, how ah. lovely. I, th- I thought it was because you had pairs of animals there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just coincidence. You know, Acts of Random Kindness, that's really lovely. lovely. And uh, Acts of Random Kindness, in the context of nature and in the context of engaging with nature, when we're giving when we're learning, when we're taking notice, uh, and uh, when we're connecting, that's that must be nearly all the um, five ways to well-being. The box is ticked, I would think. Yep, well, I believe it is. Well, even without visiting ARC, I feel I've got a lot from you today um, in terms of understanding what therapy pigs are, uh, learning the phrase therapeutic volunteering, and acts of random kindness. I, I think all of those are, are great things to uh, to to hang on to and remember. Um, but I look forward to coming to coming to visit your therapy pigs. And presumably they're a bit smelly, are they? Do you, do you get that sensory? They're actually not. They're the, the pigs are incredibly clean, and certainly the area where they live does, does not smell. Ah. There you go. When, yeah. when, when, when you come and scratch a pig's belly, Peter, then you can find out for yourself. <laughs> lovely we'll have to have a team meeting and bring a live recording perhaps that'll be a first for us <laughs> we, we get some grunting on the uh on the tape yeah indeed nigel thank you very much indeed any last word you'd like to say nigel and then we'll give the last word to peter uh, just thank you for giving the opportunity to share this. Uh, there is some great stuff going on in Somerset Wide, as with us, and any support and highlighting and sharing what works well at ARC with others, to me, can only be a good thing. I'm, I'm very keen to share as much practice and good stuff as we can. Absolutely fantastic. I, I think it's been really inspiring, and uh, I, I particularly like the idea that we should all uh, have these acts of random kindness. It can make the, the world a much better place than it, it seems to be sometimes. So thank you very much for sharing that philosophy. No, thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. The show was hosted by our team of doctors, including Dr. Andrew Tresider, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, and Dr. Sarah Coop. The show was produced by Rob Holmes Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board.